What's going on, guys? It's AJ and Alex here with the Puck Jaws Podcast, and we are doing our first ever show on Anchor, and we're super, super excited about it. Alex, what's going on, man? Nothing much, man. We're super pumped to get this going. It's been a while. We've been talking about it. Just I know. Guys, we, I know. We've been trying to do this for so long, and <laughs> it's just with our schedules and everything going on, I mean... I, I've hated not being able to do it, so I'm glad we can get this rolling now. I know. It just seemed like we stopped recording right when all the news started coming out, like trade deadline and everything, and we just couldn't – we just – that was kind of a busy season for us too, so we couldn't, kind of couldn't have, you know, keep up with it, and we apologize for that, but now we're back at it, and we're going to cover as much as we can. Exactly. We're going to try to do it at least once a week, but, I mean, if we can hit up two, we can hit up two, so that'd be great. Um, we're going to dive right into it, man, because we've got some awesome, awesome topics. Um, first, suspensions. And I'm not just talking any kind of suspension here. I'm talking about an double IHF suspension. I uh, don't know if you saw it or not, but the I IHF decided to suspend a bunch of rostered players from Team Sweden as well as coaches. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not too sure if I kind of understand what's going on. Like, I, I get that, I get Anderson, I get why he got suspended. I don't know. I'll see if I agree with it in a bit. But what exactly happened to the other players, like Dolan and them? What did they do? They, I know they didn't toss their medal in the in the stands. They, what they did, they take off their medal hand to the coach. So what I'm aware of is that they kind of just took off the medal and just kept it in their hand, or they tucked it in their pant. Um, from what I see, I actually have a statement here from, from the IHF, but, um, I'll just talk about there's, there is like a championship regulation. So I'm just going to read that article here. So it's essentially the IH, the double IHF maintains that doing so violated championship regulations, article 5.5.8 of the 2018 double IHF ice hockey world junior championship. According to the silver medals are placed by double IHF representatives around the necks of the players and the team officials and in quotations have to be worn around the neck in respectful manner for the duration of the closing ceremony and the following post game mix zone and media conference procedures. Taking off the silver medals presented to the members of the team shows not only disrespect against the spectators and the organize- organizers of the championship, but also disrespect against their opponents and winners of the championship, said the IIHF in a statement. This behavior has, been, has, has to be considered as highly unsportsmanlike and is a breach of conduct that brings the sport of ice hockey in disrespute. Uh, sorry, disrespute. Um, It's not, it is not compatible with the idea of sport as a fair competition between the teams involved in order to determine the best team of the tournament. The actions in question, question cannot be excused by disappointment or even frustration not to have won the championship. Losing a game is part of any competition and of the sport of ice hockey and does not excuse any unfair and unsportsmanlike behavior. To be frustrated by the loss of a game is not the right attitude. So that's directly from the eye the IHF there. Hmm. Well, I mean, except for that, they broke the rules, I guess. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it because I think kind of 
or you wait, you know, like you, you go there to win gold and then you don't win gold, your emotions are super high. But I guess it says right there in the rules, and I guess they broke the rules, so. Yeah, I'm kind of like, here, here's the thing. At that level, I mean, once you, I mean, you and I play competitive hockey. I mean, when you hit 16, 17, 18 years old, you're always playing to win. You know, you're not, it's yeah. not just for fun anymore, especially if you're at a high level. If you're playing triple A or double A, even single A can be competitive. I mean, you're not, you're no longer playing for fun. So you're always playing to win. I, I honestly, I kind of disagree with the suspension. So here's basically how it broke down. The team captain, Lias Anderson, who was the guy who threw the medal over the bench, if anyone remembers, and the guy with the American jersey got a silver medal for free. And in his post game said that the fan wanted it more than I did. I said he wanted it more, so I gave it to him. So he, so Anderson received four game suspension for throwing it over the bench. That's a lot. And then, so I mean, that's how many? That's a whole round robin. Is that is is that the whole round robin right there? It's pretty close, I think. I would think it's like five or six games round robin. I could be wrong, but it's pretty close. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. I think it's I think it might even be four to five. So it's basically the whole thing. Um, so uh, I, I might be butchering these names, but whatever. <laughs> Axel Janssen, uh, forward Jasper Bobquist. Defenseman uh, Rasmus Dahlin, obviously everyone knows, and goaltender Ollie Erickson Eck, which I was interested to see a goaltender um, by the name of Eric. Yeah, well, first, but but just by the name of Erickson Eck, because whenever I hear Erickson Eck, I think of the young guy on Minnesota. Minnesota, Joel Eck. Yeah. So, but even then, um, they will all serve two games for I'm assuming not wearing the medal. <laughs> All right, so I think that that audio cut out, but I think it's because the way Anchor works is it separates in uh, segments. So I think we only have an X amount of period of time to record, and then it's going to cut out as if it's a segment. Does that make sense? Yeah, I gotcha. All right, so guys, again, we're trying this new app out called Anchor. It is pretty awesome. We're just going to have to remember and remind ourselves that Okay, this is gonna cut out, so um, it's it's gonna happen. But we'll try to move on as fast as possible and just keep doing what we do. Um, so on top of that, so it was Rasmus Dahlin, goaltender Ali Eriksson Ek, who also two games, and additionally the head coach Thomas Monton is suspended three games, while the assistant Nizzy Nizzy Landon and Henrik and Henrik Stib or Strid, each will um, be suspended uh, for two games. So I'd imagine it's the coaches, just... The coaches yeah. are interesting to me. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, well, just I, think, feel like, I think they took like, off their medals too, and maybe because... Yeah, well, the, that's, that's quite kind of right. It's like you're the coach of the team. There's a bunch of 17, 18-year-olds, and, you know, and like you're supposed to be the role model for them, but yet you kind of do exactly what they do. So that, to me, it's like, man, like... You're trying to teach these kids sportsmanship, and I get it. But at the same time, like you don't, you can don't even take off your medal. Yeah, like show like, like show them that you know keep your medal on. Be proud that you got silver medal out of all the teams in the tournament. You've been second. 
That's that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, man, you you came second out of all the countries. I mean, you just you couldn't beat Canada, which I mean, it's Canada, so <laughs> it's like we we have a we have a competitive team every year. Like the Americans, like Canada, Finland, Sweden, like they're always all competitive. Um, so, I don't know. I guess, like I said, I don't, I, I don't really agree with the suspensions. Um, but I guess the ruling is there, and that the I double IHF backed it up with their with their ruling. So, can't really yeah. argue it. Yep, I I agree. I agree. I don't necessarily agree with it, but there is a rule, so nothing you could do. Uh, we have more suspensions before we move on. Uh, Tom Wilson just recently received three games in the NHL playoffs for his hit on Aston Reese. I don't know if you saw it, but, I mean, it kind of... Honestly, I feel like there's a lot of bias in the NHL because I've seen a similar hit in the first round on from Kucherov. I forget who he hit, but he hit someone on, on New Jersey, but it was a blindside hit, and there was no call, no suspension. Yeah, I think I think that Kucherov was a bit more... A bit more deserve worthy of a suspension than Wilson's hit, to be honest. I know Penguins fans, I apologize to Penguins fans, but I think that was a clean hit. I, I watched it over and over again, and Wilson never left his... Never left his uh, he what, sorry? His, and if you look at the initial part of contact with his right. shoulder hit after your, um, your mic there just cut out there. What, what did you say there? Okay. I said, I apologize right. to all the Penguins fans, but I think it was a clean hit. Uh, Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson didn't lift his feet. I watched it over and over again, and he may have lifted his feet after. But the point of contact when he hit Aston Reese wasn't. He didn't leave his feet then. He kind of made the shoulder contact. And it just so happened that Tom Wilson is who is better. Charles was saying he's twenty pounds heavier than Aston Reese, and he's a bit taller than Aston Reese. So obviously, when he goes to hit him, you know, like it's gonna be hard to try and avoid the head. I I get it. Head contact sucks, but sometimes you just can't avoid it. And I know Tom Wilson plays with an edge, and he has, he's known for it. But at the same time, it's like, like it, the, it's playoff hockey. Like you don't need to suspend players. Like there's been like four suspensions already in the playoffs. It's like, what are they trying to make the NHL? I can understand the like, blindside hits, and I can understand any hit to to the head, um, typically. Um, but if but there's some hits where it's like a guy is coming directly at you. He just puts his head up last second, and then you clip him. I mean, that's that should be a clean hit considering you're driving your shoulder in. But, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's the league getting soft, but yeah, I, di- I definitely disagree with where suspensions know, are being taken place. Like, there's there's not – there's just not a lot of consistency with the calls, I guess, or the rules. Because if a guy like Kucherov could have a, a worse hit and not get suspended, like, okay, just because Kucherov's your star player, that that's garbage. That's a weak argument. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Um, I did find something about Anchor. Uh, that's kind of interesting to me. Um, it says that episodes do not have a time limit. Add as many segments as you want. Although normal recording is capped at an hour per segment. So if it was capped at an hour, it shouldn't huh. have cut off at six. Uh, yeah, it even it, it even says here we won't cut you off if you're recording with friends. Just note that if you're in the middle with a limited connection, oh, if you're on mobile with limited connection, the longer your recording is, the less stable it might be. Okay, that makes sense. 
So, so we'll, 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 we'll have to try via computer next time. I guess our internet is shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, can just keep, we can just keep talking, and then if it cuts out, we'll just pick up where we left off. Because it segments them, right? And then you can kind of put them all together afterwards, and then kind of if you click play, it just kind of just rolls through the whole thing. Like, don't do yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what we're going to do. But no, I, hey, we learn something new any, every day. I just, uh, just guys, basically... We apologize. We're, we're getting new to this app. We've, tried to, we've got a couple of tests called and haven't run into this issue yet. But as time goes on, we'll, we'll get better and be able to you know, do, a bit, do it a bit better here. Yeah, exactly. Well, I just think it's funny that it's basically like... <laughs> Uh, we won't cut you off if we're recording with friends, but no. Well, if you're on if, too long, we might cut you off. <laughs> if you're on your mobile with the limited connection, the longer your recording is, the less stable it may be. Like, okay, well, just because I have Walmart internet <laughs> doesn't yeah, mean... Exactly. Well, my internet's actually pretty good, but I mean, whatever. Mine's not. I live in Forest, so... <laughs> True, but you have family members using it all the time. All right, uh, draft lottery. Um, Dolan, number one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, number one. I mean, if it was, honestly, if I, I can't see any other team. Like, even if another team would have won the draft lottery besides Buffalo, Dolan has to be. He is a franchise defenseman, in my opinion. He gets the puck up to the forwards. He's uh, very mobile. He's very good skating. Um, I don't know. I just consider number one. He has to be. Yeah, yeah. I think there's no doubt in my mind that he goes number one. Um, were you surprised to see the draft lottery end up the way it did for the top five? Yeah, I I am, to be honest. I I kind of seen – I'm, I'm an Ottawa fan, if any new listeners here, but um, I was kind of surprised to see Ottawa drop out just because we had the second highest odds. I mean – at the same time, I was kind of expecting it just because I know how the draft lottery works, and it's like 99% chance someone's going to be knocked out of the top, out of the top three. And I kind of had a feeling it was Ottawa, but Carolina, I think I... Really, Carolina really surprised me, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the pick because they already have a bunch of young defensemen, and they already have a bunch of young forwards. So, Well, they had, what, 3% or something? 3% yeah, odds? Yeah, they, they moved it up, I think, nine, 9 spots, I think it was. I could be wrong on that, but... 3% like, and they move up 9 yeah, like that's crazy. Like that's, I don't know. That just and it's kind of it's kind of fun <laughs> how it happened when they got a new owner and the new owner trying to bring in you know new methods and trying to bring in more fans to the Hurricanes. It's just kind of funny how that worked out, but I'm not saying I'm not saying it's rigged. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. Fight me for that, but I'm just saying it's kind of funny how it ended up. <laughs> that is funny. I know I the. the... The even more funny thing about that is I sometimes have thought that the NHL was rigged with the lottery because it's almost like it's almost like they did the same thing with Toronto with Matthews. Like, oh, Toronto needs a, a, a center of the future. They need the next Matt Sundin. And, you know, and with Buffalo, with Edmonton, oh, like, with, sorry, with, like, McDavid. Oh, Edmonton needs McDavid Mc more than Buffalo does. Edmonton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and exactly. I feel like as a Sanders fan, we're being punished for throwing our owner under the bus and you know, kind of bashing the NHL. I'm like, all right, you want to do that? Fine. We'll move you down two spots. <laughs> That's interesting. But, it is interesting. Yeah. I find it funny that like Arizona 
has yet to get a top pick yet. But I mean, they, I think they, I honestly, I think it's rigged. I'm going to say it. I think it's rigged. Buffalo gets the first pick because they didn't win the whole McDavid uh, and Eichel draft. Now, now they get it. Detroit and New York were rewarded with their, like, the way they made deals. So Detroit gets a top five. New York Rangers, they're in the top ten at number eight. I mean, like, I I can see where you're coming from. Like, I, it doesn't make sense to me that they, that they don't, you know, televise the draw. Like, I get it. They, they televise who wins. But at the same time, why don't they televise, you know, them picking up the balls and being like, hey, this is the winner. First of all, I'd make it from much more intense television. You, you have a team who is one number away from winning the lottery. And then, like, if I was a Sanders fan, I'd be like, oh, man, we're here. This, this is our number. And then they pull it. Buffalo Sabres number, and you're like, oh, like it'd be just way more intense than sitting there, you know, seeing them flip cards. No, exactly. And, and it would stop the controversy of it being rigged. I don't know why they're not doing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, to the, the, the shitty thing about it is they p- implemented the draft odds to avoid people from cheating, right? But at the same time, it just seems that the it should it should be it should be the team that sucks the most. <laughs> like it doesn't yeah, it might encourage whatever. Like it might encourage to lose, but I mean, you could honestly, I, I can see where you're coming from, but you could tell if a team's tanking or not. Like if I go to a hockey game and I see a team you know playing like absolute garbage, then like, you know, like and you know they're better than that. So like you know, ten. 10 straight games, like, well, they're obviously playing because of the lowest draft pick. Like, I don't think it should be every team that misses the playoffs. I should think it should be, like, the bottom five or something to have a chance at the lottery. Just to kind of, you know, maybe that way kind of prevent it from a team that, you know, just missed the playoffs by like, one point, like Florida, to be have a chance of getting the first overall pick, and they only miss the playoffs by one point. Yeah. Or you're yeah. already have all Arizona and Buffalo who misses by almost 25 points. And <laughs> they're not getting rewarded, like, no, I I understand. Um, by the way, I'm happy with number four. I'm just saying. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm just gonna read here. Uh, the draft rankings. I gotta find it again. Okay, so obviously Dully number one. Um, I'm just gonna read them off, and you just tell me if you agree. Uh, Svestikov number two. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, my computer wants to. So you think it's gonna be Svestikov number I, two? I, too, just because Arizona has already the talented wingers. They have, already have Aho and Terabinen as their talented wingers. It's and Carolina. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. They have Aho and Terabinen on their team. Carolina has yeah, Sebastian oh, Aho and I, and I, and I swear. Right. I swear I heard you say um, Arizona. So, yeah. So, I think Sebastian Golf goes second just because they already had those skilled wingers, and they kind of need a player like Svechnikov, who I know you have a different opinion than him than I do. But I think Svechnikov is kind of like a, a lower-end line. He's still going to be very good, but he's not going to be exactly like Lane. But with him and Carolina, uh, like it, it, all Carolina needs now is the number one center. I don't want to bash Jordan Stahl at all, but if Lindholm can turn out what they want him to be, it'd be Lindholm, Aho, and Svechnikov on the first, which to me is pretty, pretty good. So. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, I'm just going to read out the next ones, and then I'll see 
It's like I have a mock draft too. So it's Phillips yeah. Zadina, uh, number three, Brady Kachuk, no. number four, Bobquist, number five, Wallstrom, number six, Noah Dobson, number seven, Bouchard, number eight, Quinn Hughes, number nine, Barrett Hayden, number 10, uh, Joel Faraby, 11, Ty Smith, 12, Joe Valeno, 13, Boyd, Bod Wild, or Boyd Wild, number four. Boyd Wild, yeah. Um, and Sarah Noel, number 15. Now, I, I again, go ahead. Well, I just, I have like a, a mock draft again. Don't know how accurate it really is. And maybe I, I really do have Walmart internet because my computer's taking forever. But, um, I have Dolly, number one, Smashikov, number two, Zadina, number three. But then I have Evan Bouchard from Ottawa's pick, number four. See, I, this is where I kind of differ. I don't think Zadina's going to Montreal. That's just my personal opinion because Montreal needs to me is a, what they're missing is the intangibles that Brady Kachuk has to offer. Brady Kachuk, yeah, he's not a great goal scorer, but they're missing his physicality. He's like he's like his brother, right? Like imagine if Matthew Kachuk was on Montreal, they would have that presence that they need there to protect Galchenyuk, to protect Toure, and all that. So that's why I think they go with Brady Kachuk, and then Zadina falls to Ottawa, and then if Ottawa doesn't take Zadina, I may riot. But that's just, and that, so <laughs> I may riot. <laughs> so part of me is kind of being biased towards like you know what I believe that Zadina can fall to Ottawa, but another part of me is like, well, hey, look, Montreal they don't need another skilled winger. They have <laughs> Drain who plays center sometimes. They have Pacioretty who, if they're going to trade him, they're going to trade him. If not, well, they have Galchenyuk. They have you know all these players that they can build around. But what they're missing is a physicality that they don't. I, I, that team doesn't have physicality. Let's be honest. It's just a bunch of quick wingers. I go out there and do what they need to do. Could you imagine the like the matchups with Brady Kachuk in Montreal with like say Marchand in Boston or yeah, that's know, what I'm saying. Like that's, against that's, Toronto, it'd be great. Montreal needs that. Like when Montreal plays those teams, they get bullied around there. Like that's why Durant can't do anything. They need someone on Durant's wing to play to protect them with that. Yeah, they have Gallagher, but Gallagher is a small guy. He's one of my favorite players in the NHL, but he's a small guy. Yeah, it's kind of like he's kind of like Marshawn, though. I think he's still effective. Oh, he is, yeah. But if you have Kachuk, Kachuk to your lineup, that just adds that much. He's he reminds me of his brother a lot. Maybe not as skilled as his brother, but I think he's the more intangible, like the physicality part, the more leadership part, the more grit that Montreal is missing. No, fair enough. No, so I, I actually I agree. And now that you said that, I wasn't really thinking that, but it's kind of interesting. So. And then yeah. Ottawa, obviously, if that's the case, Ottawa, what takes Zadina? I mean, again, I, I can't see them kicking anybody else, but if Montreal ended up taking Zadina, I'd say Ottawa would take Bog, Bogfist. Just this is my, or Wallstrom. That goes my, just my personal opinion. But. Yeah, I think they, I mean, everyone has them taking a D man, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, our forward, our forward prospect pool is kind of filled up to the max right now. So we kind of need to replenish the defensive pool, but. Yeah, but with prospects, I would I don't know. If I if I was a GM, I would never take someone based on a need. I would just take someone on best player available. That's you could that's, yeah, exactly. Well that's why I I think I think is a better player than Kachuk and Bogfist, but if Zadina's already taken, I don't I don't think Kachuk all of it needs a Kachuk type player really have no players that can do that. So that's why I think they take Bogfist. Who, yeah. Another guy who I think is wrong on here is um, Joseph Valeno. I think he's, I think he's higher than where it says he is. Yeah, I, I'm kind of 
jury's out on him, to be honest. I haven't seen much of him. I know he got exceptional player status, and that kind of says a lot. At the same time, I haven't heard much about him or him making yeah. any headlines or anything. So they they really need to stop him, um, but... giving that out. <laughs> I agree. It used to mean something. Oh, now Sean it's like, Day. Oh, another oh. player. Oh, another player. It's all like... Worse. Yeah, like... It's no offense to Sean Day, he had an amazing season with us, but Kim compared to Crosby or him compared yeah, to Yeah, or Ekblad. Like, I mean, Ekblad would be your comparable because <laughs> he's a defender. But I know Sean Day had some personal yeah, things yeah, going exactly. on during, like, I don't know the exact details, but, I mean, I do know he had personal stuff going on. So, I mean, how much of that if... He's, he's going to be he's gonna be a player, so? I think, in the NHL, Sean Day. He just needs to work on his. He just needs to work on his skating a bit and his defending. He's more of an offensive-minded defenseman, but I think with the right tools and the right people surrounding him, he can be a very effective player. Not not like a superstar, but he'll... since we're kind of on the CHL, um, I also want to talk about the CHL playoffs. Um, recently, uh, my team got kicked out, which is depressing—a double overtime loss in Game Seven. Um, That's. That's heartbreaking. I know how you feel. Yeah, it's it was rough. I honestly didn't know how to feel after watching that. But it's one of those things where you don't know. Like you go into the game, you're so pumped, like man, we can do this, and then you lose, and you're like, you just sit there and question everything. Well, when we we were losing three to two, and we tied it, we tied Sault Ste. Marie with like I don't know fifty or forty seconds left. And then we go to overtime. It's like, man, we could do this. And in overtime, we had so many chances. Like, it just, uh, it, didn't, it just we, didn't we happen. All know how it works, man. That fluky goal, a weak yeah. goal goes in, and that's the end of it. So, it happens. You guys had a great run, though. Exactly. So, well, I mean, out of the Quebec League, we have Blainville, Bois Briand, Armada. Try saying that 10 times fast. Versus uh, Katie <laughs> Bathurst Titans. So, that's your... not 10 times fast. That's that's your Quebec matchup. You have the WHL, which is Swift Current Broncos and Everett Silvertips. Oh, that's a good matchup. That's a very good matchup. And then you obviously, in the OHL, you have your St. Marie Greyhounds, which is the number one team in the entire CHL this season, versus the Hamilton Bulldogs, who oh, finished... My stomach will drop saying that name. <laughs> Hamilton did. I know, yeah, the both man. teams, Hamilton beats Kingston... Say, Sue so, so Samory beats Kitchener. Just we uh, both could both could have been an RT. I know it literally could have been both of us. It would have been great. I was actually going to ask you if you want to go to Game Six in Hamilton, but we'll see. We'll talk about that later. I feel like um, Hamilton could could take Sue to to six. If I mean, if Own Sound can take and Kitchener can take him to seven, Hamilton should have no issue taking him. I feel like Hamilton. Can- the series. It's definitely possible. Just because I feel like St. Marie is more of a skilled te- skilled based team, whereas, you know, when you run into a physical team like Kitchener or South, they were having trouble. Both those games got bucked seven seven games. And to be honest, man, St. Marie was pretty physical. Boris Kachuk oh, yeah? is a madman. And then there's, oh, I forget his name. I keep like I think it's Holloway or Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Number 17, he's physical and he's, he's hard to play against. There's a lot of I just feel like Hamilton has a bit more. I mean, again, I've seen Hamilton more than I've seen Kitch, uh, Marie because I'm, I'm in the Eastern Conference. But of I just course. Feel like Hamilton just has more of those intangibles. Again, I'm a huge sucker for intangibles. I feel like they have four of those, and the Sioux brings. I think 
goaltending. Oh, that's tough. I don't, I don't like both goaltenders to be honest. I, I think they're both kind of the weaker goaltenders yeah. in the league. I, I haven't seen Vallada too much. I don't know. Falter, he left in some weak ones, but when he's on his game, he's on his game. So yeah, it'll be I, interesting. I think, Hamil- I think Hamilton seven to be honest. Hamilton seven. I was just gonna ask you who you think. So you got Hamilton coming out of the O. Who do you have coming yep. out of the W? Who W? I'm gonna go ahead and say I see Swift Current taking it in six. I okay. just feel I've been I've been following them quite a bit. Um, I just feel like they have all everything. They have everything you could ask for a team. They kind of had a tougher route to get there, so they're kind of more experienced. So I I don't know. It's tough. It's, it's it, either team could win, but I'm saying Swift Current six. Okay, and Quebec. Oh, nice. Ah, uh, I'm gonna say Blaineville is gonna take that in seven. Seven. I I, I know a caddy Bathurst has swept. I think both the conference finals and the the the, the quarterfinals, but I feel like Blaineville is more is bigger than the caddy Bathurst. I've been seeing. I haven't seen Caddy Bathurst too much, but I've been watching Blaineville closely just because Bathurst in, like we talked about before the podcast. So I think Bathurst takes it in seven. But, or All not right. Bathurst, sorry. Blaineville. Gotcha. Blaineville, so you got Blaineville, Swift Current, and Hamilton. Yep. So I think I watched the Sioux a lot this season. So the Sioux seem to find ways to win, even in like. They had a lot of games this season where they score within like the last minute and then just win, or the last couple seconds. It was twice against Kitchener, once in the regular season and in the playoffs, where they scored with less than a second to win in regulation. Dang, that's that's some good, that's some good good resolve right there. So they've had to have that adversity. I don't think playing in the season they, I mean, they played against every top team consistently like the way they do against. You know, Owen Sound Kitchener, but when you're in playoffs, you you start you have video. You every every guy does their homework, right? So, yeah. I mean, you're going to be well prepared no matter what. But I think it's the Greyhounds coming out of the O. I think it's Everett coming out of the W. To be quite honest, but I agree with you with Blaineville, Blaubriana, Mata coming yeah. out of the Q. Um, I just think they're the better team, and that's just. Where where I'm sitting with the with the CHL, but I love talking to CHL just because Memorial of, Cup's gonna be one heck of a tournament this year. There's some great teams gonna be in there. The Pats still suck. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I haven't seen all the Pats. So I don't know how their season went, but I know they're not. They're definitely not as good as three teams as the three teams that will be there. That well, here here's here's the thing. Okay, remember last year when Erie Otters captain, uh, oh, what's his name? Why am I forgetting? Radish. No, no, no. Um, Strom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's his What's his Ryan Dylan? Uh, Dylan. Yeah. Okay. Dylan. And then Ma- uh, Matthew. Uh, okay. Oh, I was like, what the hell? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Dylan Strom said, like, you know, it sucks because uh, I'm not gonna. Sorry, I'm not gonna quote him, but he said something along the lines of, I'll just paraphrase that it's it sucked because they had to battle to get into the playoffs, and then Windsor yeah. gets to they got a first round exit, and then they got to rest. Have all their guys come back, and then they're ready to go for the Memorial Cup. Yeah. So I mean, do you think the do you think the Pats may have not tried to go past the first round? I don't know. I think I think they I think they would at least want to get past the first round to kind of show. But 
at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, now they have all that time off. They have all the time in the world to scout every single team. Like, they, I'm sure they scouted Hamilton, Sault Ste. Marie multiple times. I'm sure they scouted Blamesville and, you know. Well, I'm sure they're not. Well, the thing is, I don't think they're going to get into it until they know who it is. But, I mean, I imagine that they would take these top six and do that. Just yeah, start preparing. They're kind, of, they're kind of doing the homework now. Like, they're not, like, you know, going as intense as they would be. But right now, they're kind of looking at different plays, you know, whatnot. Like, I feel like it gives them the advantage. But at the same time, I don't think they're as skilled as three teams that were, will be there. So, like, I don't think it's a Windsor situation where Windsor was very good. They just ran into, they just ran into a very good team in the first round. There's more – the Pats aren't as good as the, the, the team that they faced in the first well, round. Well – Honestly, I obviously you can't question and say, "Oh, a team is actually doing this." But I do know this: Kitchener was playing with a forward on defense. That that yeah, tells so you Kingston was for a bit. In, in King, exactly. I was just gonna say Kingston was as well. Like that just tells you how much of the injuries affected those teams. And I know, yeah. like Suse Marie had a center, like one of their top centers. I think his second or third line center out and they had another defenseman out too so i mean injuries do come into effect and you don't have much time between once you win to the memorial cup which is the 18th to the 27th or something or 25th of may yeah. so yeah something like that i wanted to want to do a roadie to saskatchewan to do it i mean if we would have won we could have won but i know i know <laughs> don't remind me <laughs> 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 I'm I'm down for the road trip, but yeah, I'll talk about that later. <laughs> road road trippy to Saskatchewan. Let's do it. Talk Talk podcast brought to you by Regina Saskatchewan. That's what we'll kind of be going on. <laughs> just sitting in the stand. Brought to you by Memorial Cup. We'll yeah, just fun by the Memorial Cup. <laughs> we'll just we'll just do a live cast just from the seats. Live video feed. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be pretty awesome. Um, NHL playoffs, I don't want to go too much into NHL. I think I want to wait more until we see the semifinals. But who do you got coming out of the Western Conference right now? Like, make it to the Cup Finals or just or right now the two teams going to the Conference Finals? To the Conference Finals. I have San Jose AP and the Golden Knights. And I have uh, – hold on here. I'm trying to play. I'm trying to play. Oh, I have Winnipeg to beat Nashville. I don't know how I'm trying to think on that matchup. That was a terrible matchup, but yeah, I have um, I have Winnipeg as well. I think I think uh, they're the team to beat, yep. which is awesome. Um, so Winnipeg... I do want Nashville to win though, because I do want Mike Fisher to win the Stanley Cup. He's one of my favorite players of all time, so that's the only reason why I'm rooting for Nashville. But I think Winnipeg will come out, and I have Vegas. Beating San Jose. That's it. Could go either way. That series, to be honest, that's a series I'm paying most attention to, just because it's later at night and I can actually have time to watch it. But yeah. it just seems like San Jose is all over them every game, except for Game One, obviously. But Flurry's stand on his head, man. So Flurry can steal that series chance now. I think, yeah, I think I agree with what you said. Like, I think it's you kind of have that back and forth. It yeah. can be anyone's game. The Winnipeg Nashville series is really good. Um, I think whoever comes out of that series wins the cup. In all honesty, but I mean, yeah, you never it's, know. It's fair. Those are both fair. Those are both top teams in the NHL, literally. President Trophy winners, and you have the Jets who are two points behind. 
the, two behind the Predators. So yeah, and the thing I hate is that line A is a Jet and Matthews is a Leaf. So the second line Long A wins the second. Yeah, exactly. The Exactly. The second the second line A touches the friggin' cup. Hellbook. Hellbook. You suck. It's all your fault. <laughs> Love that chant. Dude, but... Kitzer started doing that chant to the goaltenders. It was awesome. Oh, that's great. Copycat, but it was great. So good. So um, good. yeah, and the East you got Penguins, Caps. Who I think the Caps. I think the Caps are beating their Devils. Beat, gonna beat the Pens. Beating their Devils and beating the Pens. That's good. Beating their demons. Sorry, <laughs> but I think I think Cowboys can do it this year. I just Pittsburgh. Just they're a great team. Obviously, they won two Stanley Cups. They they, they very well could win a third. Very possible, but. For some reason, I don't know. I've been watching the game, and Murray just seems so off. I don't know what his issue is right now, but like Washington just seems a the difference between this Washington Capitals team and last year's Washington Capitals team is I feel that this Capitals team has more character. They're it's not solely based on skill. They have more guys that actually you know give it their all, and like Ovechkin's just tearing it up right now. He mm-hmm. lead, lead the playoffs in goals, so I feel like they have more resolve, and like they've been down two. Look at the Columbus series. Columbus could have easily won that series, but Washington came back in pretty much every game to win that. So, whereas Capitals last year won, they won the game. I don't know what the difference is, but I don't know. I just think Capitals win it. Yeah, fair enough. I think um, I think the Capitals can do it too. Do you think the Tom Wilson suspension affects anything? Because that guy plays a lot of key I do, minutes. I and... do. I do think it's going to affect them. Maybe yeah. Not well, a lot more than people think it's going to. Like again. He has the intangibles. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh doesn't have a player. They, they had Ryan Reeves, but they got rid of him. To Vegas. But Pittsburgh doesn't have that type of player that just goes out and hits people and, you know, makes people scared of going into corners. That's kind of what you need when you go into playoff run. So, yeah. I think... Well, they did have... Well, the, uh, the Ashton Reese was that kind of player, though. He was yeah, but now he's out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, now they don't have one. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think, think I think happens. Pittsburgh still has the grit. I mean, watching watching playoffs, you still see uh, everything. So I mean, oh, so def- they definitely have grit. I just don't know. Like, they don't have a Tom Wilson kind of grit. Yeah, that's is, fair to say. Like that's... when Tom Wilson's on the ice, if I was playing for Pittsburgh, I'd be terrified of going for the corners. even if it's a dirty hit, I know that guy's not going to stop until I'm on the ice flat. Yeah. No. Exactly. So it kind of makes you double think. You know, kind of. Even that quick second of, oh, should I pass the puck now or should I go into the corner? That's kind of the players you need when you go into playoffs. Even right. whether it's a dirty hit or not, you just know Tom Wilson is going to be there and hate you. Right. So, no, that's fair. Yeah, then, uh, it's going to be interesting. And then you got Tampa and uh, Boston, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of suspect, I was kind of being like, you know, Boston can make a tough run. They have the team, but the last two games, Tampa's come out and answered. Like Boston killed them in game one, six two. But Tampa's come out and played Tampa Bay tie style game and has beaten Boston both those games. So I think yeah. Tampa can beat Boston. I, I think if whoever wins that series, in my opinion, will will go to the Cup final. Yeah, but yeah, interesting. But. So I think um, 
Wow, so you have either Tampa or Boston beating Pittsburgh or Washington? Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny, though. I do have San Jose and Capitals in the Cup Final in one of my brackets on the NHL.com. So I'm kind of rooting for that. But at the same time, by realistic person, like, I think Tampa can beat either of the or Boston, for that matter. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. The thing about playoffs, once you're in, anything can happen, right? I would have said the same thing about the Leafs, too. If it was Tampa Leafs, I would have said the winner of that would have made the Cup Final. Eh, I don't think the Leafs are built, but... Yeah, I mean, we just need. I don't know. We just. I'm not. I can go on for a ransom with the Leafs, but we literally just need a top four demon, and then that's it. Yeah, that's all. That's all we need. All we need. Yeah. Um. So, no GM in Carolina. What's going on? Apparently, they're offering. Apparently, they're offering low a low salary to someone for the job. So they're kind of being cheap about it. I love Melnick, but yeah, I don't know. It's just I don't know what's going on in Carolina. Like I, at first I was all pumped that they got a new owner because I then the owners and I started seeing the owners you know inviting all the all the fans in the three hundred level to come down to the one hundred level for free. Kind of doing something bad to get the fans more involved, but now it's like, what are you doing? Like you have no general manager. Your your head coach resigned, which isn't never a good sign when your head coach resigns literally. <laughs> no, yeah, no coach, no GM. They got uh, they moved Joe, on from GM to president of hockey operations, and then they just fired them. Like, what are you doing? And Joe Newendike was he resigned as a, a scout or something? But I know he was in. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I think it's the owner taking a more hands-on approach because. Right now, it's not like the GM's going to be the scapegoat. The GM's going to get hired, and then he's going to listen to everything the owner wants, and then it's the team fails. The G, it's the GM losing his job, and he's going to take all the blame. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if that's if that necessarily what's happening, but that's what it sounds like. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely interesting to see how that's going to play out, um, just because there's nothing there. Like, I mean, they're just going to start over, and it's- from – more my knowledge, I'm not saying I'm a great hockey man, but I definitely have some knowledge. But it, it starts from the top, right? You can't you can't build a team without a great manager, yeah, in my opinion. Exactly. I mean, you could you could really put anyone to be your coach for like the, the the Penguins the last two years, and they'd probably still win the cup or get close to. Yeah. You know, like I don't think it takes. Like you need to have a team built by your manager in order to get where they are, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree with that. Um, I just it's kind of sad because Carolina is an up and coming team. Like you look at their roster, like they have a lot of young stars. Hannafin, they have Pessy on the back end. They have uh, who else do they have back there? They have Hannafin, Pessy, Slavin. Yeah, they have Justin Fall. Like, yeah, folk. Well, their issue, their issue oh. is goaltending. Uh, yeah. They're What's they literally team? were the Winnipeg Jets of last year. Winnipeg, yeah. w- Winnipeg was always a good team. They just didn't. They had average goaltending, and you can't win with average goaltending. So now that Hellbuck has stepped up, I mean, no, nothing against Scott Darling. I'm sure he's a great guy. I know he worked hard to get into the NHL, but he's not a starter. And Cam yeah. Ward is out of his prime. Cam Ward is the reason why Carolina didn't finish lower than they did. I, 
I was one of those guys that I believe Scott Dawson was going to come in and steal the show and be one of those, you know, carry Carolina to the next to the playoffs. So I picked him up in my fantasy league, and within two weeks I had him drop just because, oh, look at me started. I lost so many matches. I lost two matches because of him, which cost me a playoff spot. But Cam Ward, Cam Ward kind of came in, took over, and kind of won the stole games for Carolina, but not enough well, the playoffs. Well, look at this. When's the last time that has worked? Okay. So I'm just going to give you a little timeline. Edmonton acquires Talbot from New York. Made to the playoffs. Made to the playoffs, right? But hasn't but failed to do anything after. They didn't make it this year. Yeah. Buffalo acquires Leonard. Joe. Ottawa. <laughs> they have done nothing. <laughs> Carolina acquires Darling. You also forgot Andy Ranta, but I think Andy Ranta was... Sorry, a- yes. Ranta, he was from New York to Arizona, right? But I thought, I think Ranta, where Ranta's history is, was his team in front of him. Like, if you look at the end of the year, Arizona started clicking very, very well near the end of the year. They were winning, like, they, I think they won, like, 10 games in a row near the end of the year. Yeah, but they were like they were like that the season before, too. Yeah, but they also implemented, they also have like a lot of younger guys this year, and they had a brand new head coach. So it took them a while to all click. So I think Arizona's going to be a bit better. But Talkett? I thought Talkett yeah. was their coach of the year before, wasn't he? No, he wasn't. No, it was, it was uh, Tippett. Talkett just came in this year. Tippett, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. So. No, that's fair to say. And the last GM on our list here, um, Lou Lamorello, the Leafs. Hmm. Everyone was kind of. Not surprised, but I mean, it just shows that the Leafs are sticking to their plan. And if Kyle Dubas is not the GM by next season or this summer, um, as Lou said, quote unquote, it's his fault. So it's going to be interesting. I think the Leafs are just keeping everything internally right now. I don't think there's anything big planned. I think it's honestly between Hunter and Dubas because I don't see them going out to get outside help when they have all the pieces inside. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, it's kind of like uh, the way it works is like the player system. They have Janssen and Dermot and uh, Kapanen all in their system. They're that's... building internally, and they're doing that with the GMs as well. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. I think it's either Dubas or Hunter, but the problem that, and it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it, is if they hire Mark Hunter to be their general manager, Kyle Dubas isn't going to want to stay around to be a assistant GM again. He's going to want to go somewhere else. Um, and same, you know, vice versa. If they hire Kyle Dubas, Mark Hunter's not going to sit there and be whatever he is. He, he might be. But from what I'm hearing from all the articles and whatnot, again, I don't go into information, just the articles. Sounds like Mark Hunter, if they hire Kyle Dubas, Mark Hunter's going to be gone. So, See, I think... Go ahead. I It's kind of tough to take for the least right now, but at the same time, I think this is more of them saying, all right, rebuild's over, time to go. Time to go. Like, Lamarillo was there to kind of oversee the rebuild, and now to me, it's like, okay, let's bring in the general manager that can take us to the pace of the next round. I, I know Luke could have, but at the same time, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, okay, time to change ideas, time to get some fresh ideas in there, because this isn't working. So. Yeah, see, I don't Put it this way. Dubis is the manager of the Marlies. Yep. No, I agree. I think Dubis should get the Look job. at the Marlies right now. Mark Hunter is a good scout. And if he became GM, he wouldn't be scouting. I don't think... And he's got the... Doesn't he have the Knights in London? Like, he, he doesn't he do something? Right, but doesn't he... 
doesn't he do something with them? I feel like I, he does something. I don't know if he does anymore, but I know he, him and he's the head scout there too, or the GM there. Sorry, he's the GM and Jill Hunter is the coach. But right. I don't know. Just... Yeah, I don't know the whole situation, obviously, but I just feel like it's it's going to be Dubis. I think Dubis. I think it should be Dubis. I think he's deserved it. I think he's worked hard, and I, you see it with the consistency of the Marlies of the last three seasons since he's been on. Because he stepped yeah. in, he went right to the Marlies. No, I, I think I think Dubas is the right man for the job. I think he again, he's a younger kind of general manager, which I I'm all for nowadays because the game's changing and you need those young guys in there to you know throw in the ideas of who didn't grow up back in the olden days, like the olden you know tough tough guy type days. You need the young guys who kind of see how where the NHL's headed, and Dubas is excellent for that. I think so. I think Cuba should take the job, but this question is, is my country that I want to stay in. All right. Better? So, the World Hockey Championship. Um, I have the roster here okay. for Team Canada. Yep. So, forwards, we have Jordan Eberle, Braden Shen, Josh Bailey, Matthew Barzell, Jaden Swartz, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Tyson Jost, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, Bo, Bo Horvat, Anthony Bol- Bolivier, Brian O'Reilly, Brian Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, and that is your forward group for the World Hockey Championship, Holy which is forward. pretty pretty solid. Pretty solid. Yeah. Yep. Uh, defense: Joel Edmondson, Aaron Ekblad, Ryan Pollock, Darnell Nurse, Ryan Murray, Thomas Shabbat, Colton Pareko. Again, did that play Roman Pollock? <laughs> uh, Ryan. Pollock. Oh, well, okay, 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 good, good. I was going to say, Roland Pollock's not Canadian, but I wouldn't want him on the team anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and then here's where I think it gets skeptical. Darcy Kemper, Curtis McElhaney, and star <laughs> Windsor Spitfire goaltender Michael DiPietro. Hmm. Who is... That's, that's, that's the weak point. That's who is a third round selection at number at he was a 64 pick by Vancouver in 2017. So the fourth overall selection in the third round. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, kind of interesting. I think um, I think they have the team to beat forwards defense. They're, it's gonna it's gonna come down to their goaltending, and I'm kind of hoping to see Di Pietro just take the reins on this one because I think he can. I I think Di Pietro nothing against well. Kemper uh, or McElhaney, but those are I backup think... goaltenders on NHL teams. Kemper had a lot of yep. starts in Arizona, I... but mainly because Ranta was injured. Exactly. Yeah. I and McElhaney. I I think McElhaney. I don't know. I like McElhaney, but at the same time, I don't know if he's... McElhaney plays like Curtis Joseph, to give you an idea. That's basically that's basically how it is. That's kind of a risky style of play nowadays. Exactly. It doesn't work. I mean, that's kind of why, you know, things didn't work out when Brodeur was getting older and tried to stay in the NHL by going to St. Louis, you know? St. Louis legend. Right. But 
But no, I think Canada can do it. I think they'll be able to, I think I don't think it'll be necessarily an easy walk in the park like everybody expected to be, but I think they'll win. But it'll be a close one. I think it'll be them between between them, Finland, Sweden and Russia. I don't think USA is gonna do well, but Yeah. No. That's just my that's, that's kinda of what I'm seeing. I'm I'm excited to see Sweden just because Ottawa's goalie of the future, Philip Gustafson, is on the team, so should be exciting. Fair enough. Group A consists of Austria, Slovakia, France, Belarus, Sweden, Russia, Czech Republic, Switzerland. Who comes out of the Group A? Sweden. I say Russia. It's fair. Group fair. B, Latvia, Finland, U.S., Canada, Norway, Germany, Denmark, South Korea. Oh, what a, sh- what a crop. crop <laughs> right? Canada. <laughs> Well, I mean, you have uh, Switzerland is competitive, but they're not good. Like they're not. They're, Switzerland's, capa- Switzerland's capable of upsets. They are capable of upsets, but they're probably not as capable as Czech Republic. But I don't see. Uh, yeah. It's either gonna be like it's Sweden, Russia, hundred percent. It's not gonna be Slovakia, Czech Republic. Does Switzerland have Hischer? Is Hischer playing for them? Hischer? Um, no, because yeah. you. Oh, actually. Maybe. Let me. I, I don't know about that. One second. Right. One second. Hang on. Oh, there, there, there well, is a roster here. There's never mind. There's no roster updated. <laughs> while you do that, I'll give a shout out to the Great Britain for getting promoted to the World Championship next year. It's gonna be exciting to see that. Yeah, that's pretty first, awesome. First time since '93 they've been in the top division. Um, and believe it or not, the hockey over there it's actually it's, it's pretty pretty good from what I heard. I know a couple NHL players played in the EIHL, the elite. Ice Hockey League, I believe it's called, when the lockout was going on. So, obviously, the quality still is pretty good. Over yeah, there, it's got to be so. somewhat decent. I actually know a few people in my hometown who played in the Britain. Yeah. The Britain League. I do, too. I, have, I think I have one, one or two people that I know that play. I think played for the Belfast Giants. I could be wrong, but I think it was them. Well, but on. it's it's I kind of want to go over there and just see how, how, how different it is compared to Canadian hockey. I don't think it would be very different, but... No, fair enough. Um, I'm trying to pull up the rosters yeah. here, but I don't even see. Like, I'm on Hockey Canada. I guess they don't have anything updated, but you can just type up like a Switzerland World Hockey. Yeah, it's, it's not awesome. that big of a deal. We only care about Canada, anyways. But do you think Canada will yeah. come out of Group A, uh, Group B? Yeah, easy. I think this one will be easy. Yeah, I think Finland will yeah. be better than the U.S. Uh, I I don't think I I think you'll see a lot of I think. U.S. gets surprised a lot of people are going to be not relegated, not in the relegation round, but I think they'll be lower than. Well, I think who's in that pool again? Canada, Finland. Well, I think Finland is going to be. I think Finland will be the team that Canada needs to beat, and still, yeah. I imagine that that Miko Koskinen goaltender, who Edmonton just signed, would be a goaltender for Finland. I would imagine. I would imagine so. Because Rask so. and Rene are still in playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Who else? I don't think they have any other Finnish goaltenders. Ah, doesn't matter. But <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't yeah, think of no. any off the top of my head either. I think, well, I guess they have Chris Gibson. He's Finnish, but I mean, he's kind of the third string goalie for the Islanders, so it's not a big deal. But. I don't know. I think uh, I think I think Canada and Finland one and two, and then Group A is gonna be Sweden, Russia one and two. Take your pick. We're winning that one. Mm-hmm. 
And they're going to have the, the miracle lapping bully in. Good left. Good left. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I, I do like him. You know, he did bounce around quite a bit. I want to see him get a shot in the shell. But... Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he's going to get that I chance. I, I hope he did too. But yeah, so yeah, I don't know. So I you have Sweden Group A, I have Russia Group A, and we both have Canada Group B. B, you think it's going to be the States, not the Finns? No, I think it's going to be the Finns. Oh, you do think it's Finns? Okay. But I think the States are going to finish third either. I don't know if they like. I don't know if they could not be easy life. Rock. I could. I could be wrong. I'm sorry, Americans, but I could be wrong. Yeah, USA hockey does something weird with um yeah. they're they're always odd with their, their selections with like even at the Olympics. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I know the states right now have Kane and Gujo who are huge, but besides that they don't like they have Colin White, they have Anders Lee, they have you know just a bunch of guys who fuck old. I don't know if it's I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It's, yeah, we'll definitely. I mean, when when's the world? When are the world championships? Anyways, do you know? Very, very, very soon. I think it's like Friday. I mean, tomorrow. I could I could be wrong because I know Canada just had a warm up game against Latvia and won seven one. So why would they warm up against Latvia? Whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's let's warm up against a team that we know we can beat by a lot. I don't know, I guess. Maybe just try line combinations or whatever. I can't hear you, my friend. Maybe like line combinations and whatnot? Yeah, maybe line. Yeah, fair enough. No, fair enough. I think, yeah, line combinations, it's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. Now that we finished the World Hockey Championship and we decided who we think will come out of that, we have the NHL award finalist for the 20. 20- 18 regular season. I guess 2017, 2018. Yep. Um, so these are the nominees. Uh, I'm just going to go through them and we're just going to decide who we think takes it. All right. Um, there's some trophies I've actually didn't even know was a thing, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <All right>. uh, <laughs> so the Vezina trophy. That who, is who, the finalists are Connor Hellbuck of the Winnipeg Jets. Pekka Rene of the Nashville Predators and Andre Vasilevsky of Tampa Bay. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna go ahead and take Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I think he's the better goalie of both of them. I know Vasilevsky, he was amazing for the stretch, but he started slowing off a bit. And Rene, well, Rene's been the same thing. He's good, and then he's slowing off. But Hellebuck's been the most consistent all season. So the only reason why I think he gets it over them, but they're all. Great goalie, so I think Hellebuck needs it. Yeah, I think I think I can agree in the sense that Hellebuck's been more consistent. I still think it's going to be Andre Vasilevsky. Um, I knew that guy ever since watching him in World Juniors beat Canada. I knew that guy was going to be good. <laughs> and I was yeah, he's so he's so young too. It's like he has so much. He's so good. He has so much room to grow. It's really exciting to see how he it's, does. It's insane, and he, I don't know if he really slowed off, but I know he said that he was feeling tired, so they started. They did start resting him. Rene, I'm not too familiar with, um, but I know he's he's been at least consistent enough to bring him enough wins to make back to back playoffs. 
Yeah, it's just Nashville has a phenomenal team. So even if it was bad. But you could say the same thing with Winnipeg and Tampa Bay. You could say the same thing with Winnipeg, but then you look at Winnipeg last year and when Hellebuck was struggling, they were struggling. Fair. They didn't really add much since the only player they added, I think, was Dasney from last and Lonnie. You know, they even had Lonnie last year, so I don't know. I they had Lonnie last mistake. year. They had yeah, Lonnie last yeah, year. Yeah, it, yeah, I just realized that last year was the, his draft, his rookie year, but they didn't add yeah. much to the team. Get, I mean, getting your, your facts wrong. I know, man. I don't know what my problem is today. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the Frank J. Selkie Trophy. Uh, the best defensive forward, Patrice Bergeron, Sean Couturier, Anze Kopitar. I gotta go with Patrice Bergeron, man. I, I, I just can't vote against him. <laughs> the mm-hmm. only reason why, I don't know. I just Couturier would probably be my second vote, but Bergeron yeah. is just in a league of his own. See, I, I, my favorite player is Kopitar. Biasly, I'd want to select him, but I think it's gonna be Sean Couturier, in my opinion. It's fair. Fair. I think it's a good, pick. a good player. Norris Trophy, Drew Doughty of Los Angeles, Hedman of Tampa Bay, PK Subban of Nashville. So again, another Nashville Tampa combination. I'm gonna go with Hedman on this one. Hedman for Norris. Yeah, I just think he brings some more complete game as a defenseman. I think I could be wrong, but I think he led defenseman in points. And I yeah. know Subban led in goals, but I don't know about. But I'm also surprised Clint Klingberg or John Carlson aren't there. So, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But I think Doughty maybe tainted his image during the yeah. season just a bit by just the emotion that he brings to the game, which isn't a bad thing, but I think the NHL might skew that differently. I think it's going to be Hedman as well. We can't we can't underestimate Subban, though. Yeah, he's had a very good season quietly, so it could be. But I, I agree. Hedman definitely for sure. Like two way defense, like Subban would be considered an offensive defenseman, I think. But yeah, he, I think, like he does have slip ups. He has more slip ups than Hedman or Doughty, in my opinion. Yeah, Hedman's been the most consistent of the wall, and he just. That said, I think Subban also takes the most risks. That's fair. fair. So it's it's, it's counterintuitive. <laughs> uh, we know Nashville Predators is going to win the no Norris, so I can't see Doughty wouldn't beat those guys. Yeah. Lady Bing, Alexander Barkov of the Florida Panthers, William Carlson of the Vegas Golden Knights, Ryan O'Reilly of the Buffalo Sabres, and this is the most gentle, manly player, which typically means the guy who takes the less penalties. But also has an amazing amount of points. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say I think William Carlson wins this one. Yeah, I think Barkov. I think. Fair. But, but all three of them could easily win. Oh, like I, there's literally cases for all three of them. Riley just happens to play on not a competitive team right now. <laughs> yeah, and he's long, he's not coming up in the game, so that doesn't really help your that doesn't really help your case for a player. Mm-hmm. The so. Bill Masterson Memorial Trophy is the dedicated the most dedication to hockey. Brian Boyle, the New Jersey Devils, Roberto Luongo, the Florida Panthers, Jordan Stahl, Carolina Hurricanes. So it's basically See, it basically means the guy who faced the most adversity but still continued playing, kind of like Craig Anderson last year. Yes. Oh, it could. I could go either way here. It could go Jordan Stahl because he lost his daughter and he continued playing and still did pretty well, or he could go Brian Boyle with 
because of his cancer diagnosis. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go George Stallman. I'm gonna pick George Stallman, Brian Boyle. To be honest. Yeah, what was Luongo's issue? I think it's just because he's getting older and he's facing a lot of injuries. Well, do you think it, it was because of the gun shooting? No, because that affected maybe, but that affected all of Florida. So I don't know why it would be him that was there. Well, he was. But, remember, uh, he was the only one who said said anything. Yeah, it's true. It could be. It could be because of that, but I think Jordan Stall just because you lose your daughter in the middle of the se- in the middle of the season, and you still like only miss a couple. Like you, mi- he missed a bit of time, obviously, mm-hmm. but he can- still came back and played. Like, uh, I appreciate, and I I'm super happy Brian Boyle was able to do what he did, but this. But no, he faced his adversity in the offseason as well. So he kind of had time, you know, to like kind of prepare himself. Whereas George Saul kind of happened right in the middle of the season. So that's a good argument. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it could go to either one of these guys. I'm not taking any, any, anything away. Oh, of course. Of course. Because every, they're obviously not, anybody who's nominated for the Masters team truly deserves it. But it's just, which one deserves it more? And I think George Saul takes it. Yeah. I think Brian Boyle, just given it was cancer, but I definitely see your argument in terms of, Stall's adversity came mid-season, whereas Boyle did have time to... I mean, it is cancer, and I know nothing... Like, obviously, we don't wish that upon anyone, but at the same time, he he had time to try and build back his strength and whatnot. But still, to overcome that is still amazing, and then Jordan Stall still playing consistently despite having lost his his daughter. Um, Yeah, it's... Again, like you said, could go either way. Uh, call the memorial. I think I know who you're gonna say here. But we have Matthew Barzell, the Islanders, Brock Besser, Vancouver, and Clayton Keller of Arizona. This is obviously for the best rookie of the season. I gotta go with Barzell on this one. I yep. would have said Besser, but if Besser, but he got injured. Is that his fault mis- though? Mis- mis- Should months. you discredit someone based off an injury? No, you shouldn't. But at the same time, it's hard to it's hard to evaluate consistency. Just because he's missed two months, like he, he was just had an amazing season, nothing taken away from him. But what about is, the All Star game? Did he not make a case there? Yeah, he did. But then you look see what Barzal did at the end of the season. He, I think, he had, what he scored five points in like two back to back games, type thing. So yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, I think Barzal Barzal's got that. The Mark Messier NHL Leadership Award. I didn't know this was an award. So, I, I knew that was an award. But. So, Derek Eglin of the Vegas Golden Knights, Wayne Simmons of Philadelphia Flyers, Blake Wheeler of the Winnipeg Jets. I'm going to say Derek Eglin. Just if I if I remember what the, what the reports for, it's more doing what you do in, community, in the community, right? I believe so. I think it's so, more, yeah, I think so. it's just, I, I don't even know. It just says leadership award. Yeah, I, I think that's what it's for. It's like you lead, you lead by example, through the community. And I think the England does that just because with the Vegas shooting and whatnot, they kind of need somebody to rally behind. And he's from Vegas, so he kind of went out of his way to kind of do what he needs to do. So I think England didn't, wins it. Did Wheeler, and I, th- I feel like Wheeler did something with the Humboldt thing too, didn't he? He may have. I don't I don't know if he did. He may have. I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. But I think it's more so just leadership off and on the ice for both. But I agree with England being the the award winner there it's gonna be interesting to see how it turns out we can maybe review our podcast and go back to it uh the the jack adams finalist uh so basically this award obviously coach of the year but mainly which team were we most surprised about (laughs) 
because all all three of these teams were p- picked not to even make playoffs. Who is it? Gerard, Gerard Gallant, Jared Bednar, and Bruce what? Cassidy. So Jared okay, Bednar. Bruce Cassidy is eliminated. So so Jared Bednar, Colorado Avalanche, Bruce Cassidy, Boston Bruins. Which there were team picked not to make playoffs. And I, I didn't have to make playoffs. And Jared Gallant of Vegas. I'm gonna have to go with Jared Gallant. I I was leaning towards Bender, but then just realizing what Gerard Gallant has gotten, just a team put the at least Bender had a team last season for a bit. He came halfway through the season, but no, not halfway through the season, but like halfway before the season started. So he still had a team to work with, but Gerard Gallant literally just got a bunch of players thrown together, and he's in the second round of the playoffs. So. Mm-hmm. The Ted Lindsay Award, the best player uh, as voted by NHLPA, Taylor Hall, Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid. I am going to say Nathan McKinnon. I got McDavid. I, it's fair. Voted fair. by the, it's it's voted by players, right? So I think they would say McDavid. Yeah. I, I, get, I, I see the argument. I, I oh, there's an argument for all of them. I could even see Taylor Hall, too. Um, yeah. Hart Memorial. No, the thing is, with the voted by player, the funny thing about the voted by, like, any of these Hart Memorials or the Ted Lindsay, they're all awards that could be technically won by anyone because without them, they wouldn't get anywhere. I mean, with yeah. think, think of, like, Nashville without Rene, you know? Or... Like if if the Leafs didn't have Anderson, Matthews, well, and, oh, they have Anderson. Oh. See, everyone says like, everyone's like, "Oh, I'd rather have Matthews than Anderson." I would rather have Anderson than Matthews. I agree. This is my. You need Anderson. You know, it's like Montreal without Price. It's it's like it's just you. Oh, think no, of no, your, it's like take you take your team and then subtract your best player. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's much, what yeah. like anyone could really get this award. Hart Memorial, I believe, is another word award like that where you can just take your team, subtract your best player because everyone's like Philly without Giroux, you know, Boston without Marshawn or Chara. Like, it's just, yeah, you no, just start, I see your point. Like, you take these teams, it. it's like San Jose without Joe Thornton or uh, Martin Jones in that. Or Brent, Burns. or Brent Burns, yeah. There you go. Like it just, how do you compare your player? But the Har Memorial, Taylor Hall, Kopitar, McKinnon, everyone was criticizing with McDavid being off because he didn't make playoffs. Which I'm is, yeah, I don't realistically. Is the heart is the most valuable player? Is the most valuable player for your team or the most valuable player in the league? Well, that's the thing. Like you can't be the most valuable player in the league if you don't make playoffs. <laughs> yeah, but you could be I mean, the most valuable player to your team. Because you can argue that anybody can be nominated for this award because they're obviously the most valuable player to their team. Eric Carlson's the most valuable player for Ottawa, but he's not nominated. Anderson, Anderson, or Matthews could have been nominated for the Leafs. It's like again, but what you're saying. So exactly, I think, Drew I think Simmons for Philly, like Crosby, Malkin for Pittsburgh. Exactly. So. I, it depends on the wording. If it's for the league, I'd probably say, I don't know. I I, I got to give it to Taylor Hall either way. Yeah? Hard Memorial, Taylor Hall. I just think because McKinnon, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, he's had a amazing season, but I think McKinnon's had more of a supporting cast than all of us. Mc- See, I Mc- think the other way around. Yeah, as like soon as as bad. soon as Colorado trades Duchesne, different story. Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't. I think McKinnon, the, the 
Colorado already had a good team. New Jersey, they're good, but they're not that good. Like, Hall did – hold on. What Hall did to get New Jersey in the playoffs is phenomenal. 25-game point streak. Like, that's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I think I think it's gonna go Nathan McKinnon, but I could definitely see Taylor Hall getting. Who's the other candidate? Anze Kopitar. Which which Kopitar? Okay, Kopitar had the better team, I think, and but he also had a really rough season last year, and LA had a rough season last year. So, oh yeah, to be considered back, I mean, that's his argument too, because he had a. I think he had. He was a top. I think he's top five player, top or top ten at least in points this year. So. If, he definitely, he definitely turned things around. But Hall and McKinnon, like, Hall literally carried his team single-handedly. Like, he had 90-some points, and second-place player on his team, but his year was, like, 40, 45 or something. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, there's a big gap. Yeah, oh, I remember, yeah. I remember. You have Lance Scott, Rantman, you have freaking Kaiser Berry back there. Like, you have a supporting cast. New Jersey had nobody besides Hall. Exactly. And lastly, but not least, uh, the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. This is the trophy I don't know what it is because it just says King Clancy Memorial Trophy. But I would imagine... Honestly, I don't know. Maybe it's another... It advert- no, I might be able to tell you. Yeah, well, this is... I can understand two of them. I can't understand one. So, Daniel and Henrik Sedin of the Vancouver Canucks. P.K. Subban of the Nashville Predators. Jason Zucker of Minnesota Wild. That's one you probably can't understand. Well, uh, yeah, uh, exactly. One. Like I can't. I don't understand the Jason Zucker one, but PK like Daniel and Henrik are probably just gonna get it because it's their last season. Yeah, I don't know what it's for. You want to Google it? See what? See what you can find it. I love Google. Um, I don't King Clancy. Okay, wait. Uh, we, we think we should know this. Is awarded annually to the National Hockey League player who best exemplifies leadership uh, qualities on and off the ice, oh, who has made a significant humanitarian contribution to his community. So this is the community one. Okay, so the leadership one probably on and off the ice. So either, either way, England's gonna win that one, but I think Sadin's win this one. Like what they did, to the, what they did, what they did for the city of Vancouver is like you know what I mean. It's like huge. Exactly, I, I think. So I think- I'd imagine, I imagine Zucker does does things. I imagine a lot of players do things. I mean, I see league players posting about doing stuff. Um, the Mark Messi, the one that we talked about, the uh, the leadership yeah. is a war that recognizes an individual as a superior leader within their sport and as a contributing member of society. So it's kind of yeah. like the same award, just yeah, worded differently. <laughs> so I'm with that one, and I'm going to give this to Sadines. I can't really see anybody contesting Sadines for it. Yeah, I got the Sedins too. So that's that's the wrap of all the finalists. And then obviously you have the Stanley Cup, the presidents, and the Art Ross, things of that nature. Yep. Who, who, oh yeah, McDavid got the Art Ross, didn't he? I think so, yeah. And then McDavid. eventually got the Maurice Richard again, obviously. But... Yep, exactly. Nice. All right, well. That wraps up our first episode. I think it went pretty well. Hopefully the audio turns all right on Anchor. But uh, any final thoughts, Alex? No, man. I'm just, I'm just proud of it. I'm just proud of it. back to this. I miss just, you know, just being able to talk, talk sports and hockey. And just, I don't know. It's been a, been a while. I know. Every day I've kind of been falling behind in my NHL news. So it's nice to get back into it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> get some questions from the, from the viewers or something like that. So. 
Yeah, we definitely have to get more people involved and interacted, but um, I think that will only come with time. Um, you guys can feel free to message us. We do have an Instagram account, which is the Puck Drops Podcast, um, or you can even search by hashtag Puck Drops Pod. Um, but our, our show will be available on Anchor, which is the app that we're using, and they also distribute to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Pocket Cast, and Overcast. So there's multiple options in which you can listen to our show. We very much thank you for the continued support, and thank you for tuning in today. We are sorry that we were kind of out of it for the time, but we are planning on being more consistent, and I don't think there's anything else to really add to that. Guys, if, if, if any of you guys have any questions or, you know, just even if, if you guys want to see if you can join an episode with us, feel free to message us and we'll definitely see what we can do. We, we, we're, we're just two guys that, you know, just like talking hockey. So it, we're up to having anybody on the podcast that wants to join and just talk. You know, like we have, an, you guys can just jump on an episode and we can have a conversation then. It's nice to get everybody else's different viewpoints. So exactly. And honestly, if you guys just want to do a podcast in general or, Highly recommend trying out Anchor if you have similar ideas. Um, I think the best advice is just do it. I mean, there's nothing really stopping you. Only yourself is the person stopping you. But if you guys want to come on and join or talk hockey, I mean, me and Alex, we literally live for hockey. So it's something that we do as a hobby. It's something that we enjoy. And I mean, we could literally go on for hours without if I wasn't wanting to cut down time. I mean, we could probably do a three to four hour podcast just talking about literally everything that we know. Four hour podcast, we <laughs> stay live all the, all the time, just talking about talking about everything. We'll just run a Twitch stream like NBA 2K. Yeah, <laughs> we should. Yeah. So, def- so guys, we're, yeah, we're just if you guys want to join, just let us know. We'll be glad to have you on. If you have any questions for us, message us on Instagram. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if our Twitter's up and running still, but I think it, I think it is. Um, you can message us on that too, or you know, just feel free. Yeah, yeah, reach out. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in. This was the Puck Podcast, brought to you by AJ, myself, and my good friend Alex. We'll see you next week. <laughs>